Welcome to the Boot It Podcast with your hosts, Matt Crum and Jake Lucas. And this is our very, very first episode. We've been talking about this for how long, Jake? Probably two, three years. Probably two to three years. We almost pulled the trigger on many a brunch in D.C., is that correct? Yeah, we. Uh, the whole thought behind this was to go to brunch, watch a soccer game, talk during brunch, record it, drink, and then talk about U.S. soccer and the future of the sport. Yeah, and now we whittled it down to just drinking and talking about U.S. soccer and the future of the sport, huh? Yeah, so yeah, we'll, uh, we'll always use this to talk on U.S. soccer, the men's and women's team, uh, the great confederation we know as CONCACAF, which is probably the best in the world. Probably. Yeah, just every league, CONCACAF, Champions League is always crazy, and then the Hex, now the, the Ocho or the Octagon. Yes, the Octagon. Yeah. We will get to that in a little bit. Yeah, and we'll also make sure we touch on uh, Eurosnob soccer and just life in general sometimes. Yeah, there's a lot of life that goes on in D.C., isn't there, Jake? Yeah. And also a lot of life. Some of it is, is rather intoxicated, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Sometimes you go to the subway in a, a bad shape. Sometimes you go to subway and you are in a bad shape. We'll get to that inside joke in probably many episodes. Yeah, 14 later. 14 later, perhaps. Uh, as Jake mentioned, that's the show, the Boot It Podcast. We are going after anything U.S. men's national team. Lots of arguments to be had there. All the way down to things like youth development in this country. We got we got some hot takes on that, right, Jake? Yeah, we... Um... This is coming directly from us. We're not experts in this. If you want an expert opinion, go on Twitter and follow Lexi Wallace and Matt Doyle. Speaking of hot takes. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we like to think of ourselves as experts, but I guess we'll become an expert. Depends on how many beers we are in to, to how expert we are about these topics, aren't we? Yeah. That's what I would say. Well, uh, Jake is our social media specialist manager, and so anything going on the Twitter sphere, he's going to have his pulse on. Mm-hmm. Twitter, Twitter sphere, Graham. We don't have the Twitter name yet, so don't have a Twitter name yet. Although I think it'll be some rendition of Boot It. Yes. Also, oh, we're getting T-shirts. We're gonna get koozies. We're gonna have all the handles on all the social medias. It's it's gonna be an empire, I think, Jake. Probably not. Not to be pessimistic, but... A small kingdom? I'll say... A, pro- be, a province? Be, it'll be good for CONCACAF and acquired taste, just like CONCACAF and Major League Soccer and U.S. Soccer is. So it'll be a middling region that people will have to warm up to. Yes. You're really selling this podcast. Yes, because it is going to be fantastic. Setting the bar very, very well. Well... With that amazing intro, a few other things, you'll, uh, we'll be bringing in some special guests. In fact, our intern is uh, just down the stairs, uh, probably playing a new campaign of Call of Duty or getting beaten FIFA, one of the two. Yeah. Yes, and uh, special guests will come in and out. You'll, you'll hear them, you'll, you'll smell them, you'll taste them. It'll be, it'll be lovely. You might hear them cooking a few times, cracking open a bottle of wine, just enjoying life. And sometimes sitting in and listening to the podcast, yeah. I mean, who wouldn't want to listen to this podcast? Me. Speaking of sitting and enjoying, what are we drinking today, Jake? Um, good question. Something from Sierra Nevada. Fantastic Haze Imperial IPA. This was not provided by Sierra Nevada. 
This was paid by the money that I make. But the money that we don't make through this podcast. Yes. yes. Sierra good. Nevada will come around. They will come around. And I see that you have now poisoned me with this 9% ABV. Was Jake, really? we have a podcast to get through. Is it really? Yeah, right, nine percent, right there. Oh shit! <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, well, we are getting off with a bang, I guess. Uh, we will be sampling many a craft brew and probably a non-craft brew or two during these sessions, won't yeah. we? Probably. Probably, probably. Well, we have a big agenda to go through, some of which we previewed for you. We are going to talk. Everything that went on since the restart in Europe. We're going to talk MLS is back. We're going to talk about the new CONCACAF alignment and what that means for World Cup qualifying, Nations League, Olympic qualifying. We're just kind of going to kind of set the table for what we hope is a more eventful rest of 2020 and 2021. So uh, without further ado, a lot has happened in this COVID period. Uh, well, first, a lot wasn't happening, and there was no soccer for a long while, and I think we were all going absolutely crazy, but uh, then Europe got its act together, and then MLS slowly got its act together. But before that, NWSL got their act together, too. That's right. NWSL was the first team sport back in, in, North, America. America, in North America. Mm-hmm. Mad props, mad props yeah. to the NWSL. And zero positive cases, which is uh, crazy, especially when you see baseball got like 14 in a day. That was kind of weird. Zero positive cases for NWSL. Yeah. Uh, the whole tournament. Yeah, way to go, NWSL. And some great soccer, too. Well, of course. I mean, Julie and the team couldn't get it done at the end, but still a good final to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. First top two teams just get eliminated like that too. Yeah, I noticed that. I hadn't I hadn't realized there were seedings until I was watching the final and it was four against six and I said, Well, how did that happen? <laughs> how did it happen? Yeah, they did I believe it was around Robin. Um, I didn't watch too much of it at the like beginning. But we're avid NWSL fans, as you can tell. Uh, more of the US women's national team. Um, but like really cool to see everything take off from there. I know there were like a few players. I don't think Carly Lloyd played, um, but just seeing like the quality that was there towards the the final, that was pretty awesome to see. And let's dive into where we are with uh, qualifying. Qualifying, yes. So Concacaf and subsequent conf- and subsequent country confederations put out their press briefings on what the new format is. Jake, would you like to run it down? uh, Basically, there's a qualifying tournament before three teams to get into a last round of eight. So the United States, Canada, Mexico, Honduras, and Costa Rica all have qualified for the last round. That is incorrect, Jake. The teams that have qualified, you are correct on the format. Whoa. Just the teams. The teams that have qualified for the octagonal, which is now be called, instead of the hexagonal, are Mexico, U.S., Costa Rica, Jamaica, and Honduras. Everybody else, including Canada, 
including teams like El Salvador, Panama, uh, all the Caribbean teams minus Jamaica, so the Trinidad, Curacao, all those teams, Haiti, they, they made a splash in the turn, in the last Gold Cup, will be completing for the final three spots. So go ahead and continue. And they're all going to the octagonal, the octagon, the ocho, whatever it's being called now. The wrestling match. Yeah. So basically 14 games decides who gets to go to the World Cup, top three go, and then the fourth spot goes to the international playoff. Yeah. Yeah, so seven, so just like the hexagonal was, seven home, seven away, in the octagonal, which, man, Jake, doesn't that sound exhausting? Yeah, I mean, the hexagonal was bad enough. Let's just call it the ocho. The it's ocho. Easier. Yeah. The ocho. Okay, that that, sound, that makes it sound even more like a wrestling match. Or you just call it octopus. Octopus. Yeah, it's the octopus. There's what octopus has eight tentacles, right? Is that what octopus means? Yeah. Eight tentacles? Octopus I never realized that before. Pretty Zoology, sure. ladies and gentlemen, that's another topic of ours. Nah, we, we don't talk about that. Well, you just did. <laughs> okay, cool. The octopus. Moving on, the octopus ocho octagon is... And that's going to start when? I believe it's going to start in early spring 2021. And go on through March of no, I, I I apologize. It doesn't start until the summer, until June of 2021, and goes through March or April of 2022. So that that's so I, I when I heard that, Jake, that's a lot of games. You're talking you're talking 14 games in a year. Does that seem Fast and busy to you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think they're, they're going to have to do what four, maybe like three to four qualifiers in a uh, window in a FIFA international window. Right, because traditionally it's only been two. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. That is busy. Yeah. Could you imagine going to two games in? Yeah. United States, a home game in the United States. Go down to Honduras. Yeah. Fly back to the United States and then have to fly back to. Mexico. Do the Azteca. Yeah. yeah. That'd be just... <sighs> I'm pretty sure we're going to lose some U.S. men's national teamers just based on the travel alone. I don't think we'll lose them. We'll have to build, like, rosters around it. Which we will get to. Uh, it's a sneak preview of our final segment where we'll be, I'm sure it'll be lively. So, so that's busy. So that's the World Cup qualifying part. And so, to just to wrap that up, so the, the remaining 30-some teams that, that are not the top five in the CONCACAF rankings, because those are the automatic qualifiers, they'll play in a... They'll be seeded into groups, and the... I, I think it's group play and then a tournament, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. But I could be mistaken. Um... 12 participating teams in the preliminary round will be Bahamas, Barbados, Bermuda, Cuba, French Guiana, Guadalupe, Guatemala, Guiana, Haiti, Montserrat, St. Vincent and the Grandines, and Trinidad and Tobago. Okay. Um, so much to go through. I don't I don't Okay. I, I'm not even sure how this works. But, but more importantly, an octopus does not have eight tentacles. It has eight arms. So oh. you're right. 
It does have eight limbs, which are arms. So, moving forward. So the octopus. This is known as the CONCACAF octopus. CONCACAF, CONCACAF octopus. Okay. Yes. Okay. Well, suffice it to say, the CONCACAF, the last three teams into the CONCACAF octopus. Geez, say that five times fast. CONCACAF octopus, CONCACAF octopus, CONCACAF octopus, CONCACAF octopus, CONCACAF octopus. CONCACAF octopus. Yeah, we got it. I think I think that fourth one was a little off there. Okay. Uh, so they're gonna duke it out. Those remaining teams for those last three spots. This is good for teams like Canada, who were were not going to make the hexagonal. I believe they were going to finish outside of the hexagonal qualification. So Canada has to be pleased about that. Um, up-and-comers like Haiti and Curacao have to be very pleased about that. Uh, so well, that, that'll be incredibly interesting. I wonder if they're going to televise a lot of those games in the preliminary qualifying rounds. I would love to see Haiti and Canada. I mean, probably not. Most likely it's going to be behind a paywall like Champions League and everything else now. So. Way to rain on my parade. Yep. Jake, raining on my parade. Realistic. I will find a way. I will find a way. Well, so that is so that's just the World Cup qualifying part. There is Nations League resumption. And the, so the semifinals and the finals that were supposed to happen this summer between U.S. and the Honduras, Honduras in one semi and Mexico and Costa Rica in the other, are going to resume in spring 2021, so just before World Cup qualifying starts. Um, so that'll be the next competitive game for those countries. Well, yes, actually, for those countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, rumor has it that they're trying to set up friendlies in the fall. But that is obviously completely up to what goes on with COVID. I don't, I don't know if we're going to convince Belgium or England or Germany to fly to the United States to do any friendlies. I mean, I mean maybe... What, what you can do is two separate teams, one North American and one European. You just have MLS, almost like the MLS All-Star Games to play against the Mexico team. That's North American base, and then <sighs> the European team, European base. Yeah, but what 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 happens when those t- those players aren't going to gel with each other? Because that's not how our World Cup qualifying roster is going to look like. I, I agree, and that's usually how it happens for friendlies. If we have friendlies in Europe, we usually have a eighty percent European contingent. I get that. I just worry about the whole team gelling component of that. Uh, you still have the camps right before. Camps with, I, camps with everybody in. Yeah, that's why. I, well, but then they'd have to come. Then they'd have. Then one 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 person would have to fly there or fly back before qualifying, though. I mean, it's gonna yeah. be really hard to build a chemistry. That's why this World Cup like qualifying is gonna be so hard for like not just the United States, but every country with a new manager dealing with a new system. So. Yeah, I mean, it really is a challenge. I mean, we. I think I think you and I would maybe I more than you would like would prefer that just because we tend to think that European players are playing at a higher level that eighty percent of the roster be European based anyways, but the reality is is that's that's never the case. You always have basically an even even split, especially for World Cup qualifiers when you're traveling down to Panama, Costa Rica, Honduras. So it's 
And, and that's an interesting topic that we'll keep track of. As more and more promising American players move to Europe, how do Berhalter and company build rosters to balance? We'll see. We'll see. Getting deep and philosophical yeah. over here. We'll dive into that uh, later when we talk about the depth chart. Yes, we will touch on that during the depth chart portion, which uh, I'm sure you all listening are dying to hear. Hopefully you are. We are. We're dying to talk about it. So to wrap up the CONCACAF news, um, so you have the Nations League, you have uh, the World Cup qualifying, and then you also have Gold Cup. So summer 2021, Gold Cup. And 2023, so the year after the World Cup, another Gold Cup. So suffice it to say, once 2021 hits, you Ben's national team is going to be busy for three straight years, essentially. Hey, bring it on. Yeah, more games the better. Yeah. You have to get this team ready for 2026 when we win the World Cup. This is true. This is true. We're going to have a whole podcast on 2026. Yes. Probably every month. Yes. I'm taking a whole two months off of work that year. If I have kids, they're taking off of school. Although it'll be the summer, so that probably wouldn't be an issue. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. If you think about it, like, it probably wouldn't be... You can't do July and August. You would have to do June, maybe mid-July. For a taking off? Yeah, for a World Cup here. It's too hot. Oh, yeah. I hope they do it in... In fact, I hope they do it like that joint U.S. and Canada one that they did for the women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Minnesota, Chicago, Lambeau Field. Well, Chicago's not in it. That's right, Chicago's not in it. That's a shame. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. So, busy, busy, busy. So that's that's the framework of CONCACAF moving forward. I like it. I it's a lot of it's a lot of football. It's a lot of games, but you know when I when the Nations League was first created, I, I railed against it because I thought, why are we playing a home and away against Cuba when we could set up a a friendly against the B teams of Belgium and England and get or even an inter squad scrimmage would be better than a home and away against Cuba, and build ourselves up that way, but. The conventional wisdom was, is we have to do this because we have to build up the rest of CONCACAF. We have to make that competition rise to our level. There's some natural limits to that. These small countries only have a certain player pool. But, I mean, look at teams like Curacao and Haiti, who are all of a sudden giving teams like Mexico and the U.S. problems because they're able to recruit some great players from everywhere. And they're giving us a run for our for our money. So, kudos to them, and let's let's hope that Concacaf is not dominated by United States and Mexico going forward. Well, United States, we wanted to be undominated by, but man, I, I would love for Mexico too. They're always fun to watch and exciting. Oh, of course, of course, but we can't legally say good things about Mexico on this podcast, can we? I mean, I think we can. Like, <laughs> this is the boot it podcast. They don't boot it in Mexico, do they? I don't know. I haven't played soccer in Mexico. I've been to a game in Mexico. We'll dive into that one when we get back to World Cup. That's another episode. Yeah. Boot it in Mexico. 
But Wait, yeah, recording from Mexico. Ooh. That would be wild. Let's talk about That's gonna be uh, way past COVID, I'll tell you that. <clears throat> let's talk about the resumption of uh, the European League. Yes. Please. Yes. So what do you want to start? You want, which which league do you want to start with here? Um let's talk about the uh, the best league, the Bundesliga. Uh the Bundesliga. The the American export bank essentially. Yes. Yeah, so Bundesliga was the first European league to get started. Which is awesome because we got to see McKenny, we got to see Adams, we got to see uh, Morales and Stefan and Sargent, and actually we didn't get to see Stefan because he was injured. Uh, and then, but best of all, we got to see uh, Richards. We did get to see Richards. We got to see Richards. But who else did we get to see? Also a young guy. Reyna. Reyna, that's the right. Son of the best American player of all time. Hot take. Hot take. But I mostly agree. So yeah, it was exciting to see it. What did we think of the performances of all these who we consider to be stalwart US men's national teamers? Brooks was also in there, we forgot to mention him. Yeah, I think McKenney's ready for a bigger club. Okay. Excited. I think uh, I think I'll give it to the Premier League and I'm not sure where he'll go, but Oh, I think you know where he'll go. I think you know where, where he... Where I want him to go is obviously Everton, being an Everton supporter. That's right. You heard but it here first. But where is he going to end up? Probably, probably Southampton. I think he'll start with a mid-table team. I would love... Which Everton would be perfect mid-table team. And they need a center, just like midfielders, left and right, that can actually run, which McKenna can do. Um, but I think he'll start at Southampton and work his way in. I love it for Southampton. Southampton has always played really good soccer. And, I mean, they've got Danny Ings, who's awesome. Mm. And if you think about McKenney feeding Ings for things, that'd be awesome. I like um, that. I saw that. Ings for things. Ings for things. <laughs> I'll take Ings for things, 500. <laughs> uh, but you know what the best part about him going to Southampton is? What? He goes to Liverpool within three years. Tis true, tis true. Yeah, it's a natural progression, really. I mean, anybody who goes to Southampton does go to the Big Four and usually Liverpool. So yeah, all right. Well, that's just you heard it here first. McKenney to Liverpool, twenty twenty three. Yes, after the World Cup. After oh yes, after he just has a bomb of a tournament in the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So my thoughts on McKenney. He was playing for a bad team. Schalke were pretty miserable after the restart. He was one of the better players. I mean, I remember specifically a game where he was winning basically every 50-50 ball and being the sole source of their attack by winning a ball, playing it forward, and that was their attack. It was just kind of him by himself at the end there. They had nothing going forward. So I'm, you know, I mean, that could change. I mean, Schalke could get better, obviously. They started pretty well, but we now think he's going to move, so... You should. They have the cap restriction for players, everything like that. And who um, does? Schalke. Schalke does. Yeah, they're installing their own salary cap, everything like that. You should just move to the club and try to get surrounded by better talent, where he's gonna make a bigger impact. He's played every position for them. If he stays there, he'll probably be captain. But I think he's on to bigger, better things. But Jake, you said the Bundesliga was the best league in the world. Oh, that was my sarcasm. Uh, I see. I know you know my sarcasm, but people listening, 
Don't have to get used to sarcasm. Just like we're saying, we're gonna be the worst podcast ever, because we probably will be. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. We're gonna be the best. Don't worry. Get, I think get we're already the best. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, the bottom line here that we're happy about is he's going to be playing high at a high level, and that's all we need. Mm-hmm. We need more American players playing at the highest levels. Speaking of. Didn't get to see a whole lot of Adams. He was kind of in and out of the lineup, uh, lineups at restart. I mean, it's tough because he's playing for RB Leipzig, and they just have so much young talent. He, I mean, he was he was he had a little knocks too, little injuries here and there, which he always seems to have. Um, but I mean, every time he came in, he was a solid performer. You know, I think the question remains with him: what is his best position for the men's national team? I think most of us would say central defensive mid. He does get employed on the wing at times for RB Leipzig. Um, I feel like that hybrid role, he's a, I think it's interesting. The hybrid role you're talking about is the right back slash sliding into the center mid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's kind of an open question about if Burhalter will stay with that because that was his big philosophy kind of at the beginning. But I think he went away from it a little bit. Especially at the end of the Gold Cup when we saw Reggie Cannon play a little bit more of a traditional right-back role. So it'll be interesting. If, if with a full complement of players, will he go back to that? Will he... How will he use Adams? I mean, that's a huge question. I mean, it's probably going to be like you were playing. Like, when you want to play Mexico, what are you going to do? Flood the middle, hopefully. True. Just over True. there. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just hope our game plans get that sophisticated where they're actually effective against that. Um, anyways, we're happy with where Adams are, is obviously RB Leipzig is a top three, four team in Germany. You know, if he moves anywhere else, it's only going to be better. So we're good there. Um, Gio Reyna burst onto the scene. Didn't, didn't have as much of the Bundesliga games impact. He, he came in in a lot of the cup games and kind of shined. He got, I think, one Bundesliga start and a lot of sub-appearances. Um, really good when he was good. Looked a little bit out of depth at times in, in a few games that I watched, especially some of those Bundesliga games. Uh, any thoughts from you, Jake? Uh, I think he's going to be good. Um, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt. But I think, like, starting next year, he'll be a, like I think they just announced today that Royce is out indefinitely. So that's a really good opportunity for wow. him to jump on and – I think that's something, if they don't buy somebody, bring him in. He'll be more than just a player off the bench. He'll be starting games here and there, and hopefully fighting for a spot. If not, declaring a spot on uh, Dortmund. Yeah, that's too bad for Royce. I feel like Royce is so good when he's healthy, but he's just mm-hmm. never healthy. Uh-huh. Uh, well, good for Gio, I guess. Yeah, I mean, look, the football factory, right? Borussia Dortmund, I mean, it's... It's hard to go wrong with youth there these days, so we we like where he's at. Uh, I know you're a big Richards guy right now. I confess I did not see his appearance in the Bundesliga. I have not seen his first team appearances. What do you got on Richards for me? I mean, he got in for a few matches, but if you get in for a Bayern Munich, who gives a shit? It's great. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I mean, what they won? He won the German Division Three title. With the with the Bayern Munich two slide, yeah, yeah, and he's able to play in Champions League too. 
So what they're yeah. saying, what they're thinking is he might make the bench even stepping us right back too. So that would be pretty cool, and hopefully he can play in the Champions League uh, this year, either in the quarterfinals, semifinals, or finals. That would be amazing. I mean, he's in a pretty good spot because you have kind of aging center backs in. Well, what, what actually they've done is move Alaba into that second center back, which is a brilliant move, I thought. And you have Boateng, who's you know getting older. He kind of had a resurgence and kind of put because Sula was starting for a while. Sula did not play well. Boateng came back in, so questionable form, aging center back. So he's in a good position. Um, but I, I'm looking forward to seeing if he gets in the Champions League. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like they're not even uh, like loaning him out. They just yeah. want to keep him in. And yeah. They even had offers. Or- like just read they had offers for him to go on loan to different clubs, whether it was in Germany or abroad. They just want to keep him in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all upside, I think. Yeah. Now let's talk about the, the player. I think we both wanted loaned out at the beginning of the year. Who's that? Switching leagues. I think I know where you're going with this. Christian. Christian Pulisic? Yes. Well, we're not done with the Bundesliga yet. What should we talk about before this week? Well, there's Sargent and his future. There is John Brooks. And, of course, the greatest player, American player in Bundesliga history, Timmy Chandler. (laughs) (laughs) He he knew it. He knew it. Timmy Chandler. Timmy Uh, Chandler. I tell you what, talk about a super sub. How many goals off the bench did he have? Four or five? Yeah. that should be his role. Just throw him on the bench, throw him on the field, super sub, see what happens. We'll get to that in the depth chart section call him as well. Big men's national teams, Iguain or Wondolowski from the MLS back here. Yeah. All right, let's let's just run down quick blurb on each. Sergeant. Playing for a bad team, a little bit disappointing. Wonder if he'd be have a better development in a different league. We'll see. Is he a guy that can score goals, though? We don't know. He's how long has he been pro for? Over a year at this point, if not more, if not two years. And how old is he? Uh is he twenty yet? Yeah, he had to be pro for two years, and I don't even know how many goals he scored. Anything measurable? The one thing I remember him doing. He scored a couple of worldies. Yeah, he's taken the life away from Michael Keane in a friendly against Everton. There was just one play. I think it was like an eighty-yard run, and he just crossed him up, and then. Either like laid the ball off or shot it. It was amazing. Yeah, I mean, he, he just turned 20 in February. Mm-hmm. I think it's a situation where he needs to get loaned out to a, I don't know, Dutch side or maybe even maybe even try a Bundesliga 2. Gain confidence, gain skill. I don't, yeah, I don't know if the highest levels are best for his development. We'll just keep it at that. Uh, Stefan is going to be the number two at Man City. Mm-hmm. That's Which big news. I think it's good. I think it's great because think about it, he's, there's think about all the competitions that Man City is in. He's gonna get playing. Mm-hmm. But is he your starter for the national team? Well, yes, but we'll get to that. <laughs> I mean, if Timmy Howard wants to make a comeback, Oh, he's already playing. You gave him what? Three goals in his first USL appearance? Oh boy. Oh was, boy. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. 
uh, we'll, we'll talk. So we'll, we'll move on. We'll talk about some other guys once we get to the depth chart. But uh, yes, let's. Speaking of Man City and EPL, let's get to our boy, the Golden Boy, the Savior, Christian Pulis. Ah, oh, I thought we were going to say DeAndre Lett. Yet one there. <laughs> My bad. At one point, he was the Golden Boy, but uh, not some more. Yeah. So, I mean, what what can you say about Christian that it hasn't already been said? He has lit it up. Ever since the restart. Yeah, even before that, he was playing pretty well. He was. Oh. I think the frustration was that Lampard was playing others over him who may or may not have been deserving. Yeah, that's true. But if, I won't name others, but if Jake Kirk, might. <laughs> if Christian was over in a... If he was born in England, he would be a rockstar right now. He would be Father or nominee, everything like that. I think this guy, like, he actually has potential to do that next year. Like if he has an amazing year with Chelsea, he does well. You're you're predicting a Ballon Ballon d'Or. I'll say like candidate. Let's see, like, what's the average nominee for that? What age or what is the? I mean, because the average nominee is Messi, Ronaldo, De Bruyne. Yeah, you look at these players. Like the player he's in there right now, and like everybody's comparing to just with the Chelsea lineage is Hazard. Mm-hmm. You look at Hazard, his stats. Christian's really pretty up there, just with his minutes goals ratio. Yeah, the minutes goal, goals per minute ratio. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I'm really excited to see like a whole year with going to Chelsea, Champions League, what they can do. Full year in the Premier League, especially getting all those weapons around him. I think he. I think that's what. Yeah. Right. I think that's what he needs. He needs a full year of consistent. First of all, being in the team mm-hmm. and keeping a decent form all year. And we know he's capable. We just haven't seen it for a full nine-month season, right? Yeah. Which is, I mean, that, I mean that, that's hard for any professional to do. I mean, that's why these, I mean, that's that's why we talk about these players as the best players in the world, because they can do it game in and game out over a nine-month season. I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. So, I mean... It, He's killing it. We were super excited to see him used appropriately, we hope, with the national team. Where that is, there's some debate, but if if Perhalter doesn't figure that out, he'll probably get fired, so. (laughs) Nah, that's U.S. soccer. They'll keep him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another topic for another day. So, not only did Europe get restarted, MLS is back! Yeah. We're in, what, the quarterfinals? We are all the way through to the quarterfinals, aren't we? Yeah, hour till uh, kickoff. And a- yes, an 50, hour to kickoff. My off. bad, 57 minutes to kickoff. Yeah, well, who knows, we might still be podcasting, and we might have flipped flip it on. It'll be way too long. Way too long. Yeah, so, bumpy start. There was some COVID cases and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Two teams had to withdraw, which is... From a U.S. men's national team stinks because one of those team one of the teams was FC Dallas, which is basically the men's national team for the future. Which is just as Jake said, a big part of our future. Can't see Reggie Cannon. Can't see Paxton Pomichol. Jesus Ferreira. Jesus Ferreira. Can't see any of those guys. So that's a big bummer. But um, we have been able to see guys like Jackson Ewell, Miles Robinson. Jackson Yule can boot a ball. He can. He can, he can do a lot of things, Jake. 
Yeah. I'm really high on him. Yeah. Just the distribution he's had in these games you know, for San Jose has been pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. the I, I listened to an interview with Shea Salinas, mm-hmm. and he, he explicitly said, our game runs through Jackson Hewitt, which is huge. That's huge. Yeah. And can you imagine just getting the speed on the wings? Just with like the either the wingers right now or the fullbacks just going forward. Men, just, you're talking about from a men's national league. Yeah, just yeah. hanging the ball to these guys, just running onto it, and then a forward crash in the box. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, right, so Yule's team is into the quarterfinals, San Jose. They look pretty impressive. Um, and he's a linchpin. So, I mean, we'll get, to, well, again, we'll get to this at the end of the thing, but he's kind of a pencil in camper, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, sorry, in pen, he's in there as far as that central defensive mid goes um who else has impressed you with the tournament men's national team wise i think just with like the hustle the the awareness he has chris mueller oh yes like, he's, he's just been very solid uh just coming out of college and even in mls like just seeing the steps he's taken year over year like developments there now it's okay not like how he breaks into it but when and like what's his role because he's another player that's very versatile yeah and it could be if you're in a game in Mexico, if you're in a game in Honduras, just need somebody to get on the field. Get on the field and see what happens. I agree. He's he's kind of of the Morris mold in that he's that he's that hybrid winger striker, or he's a he's a winger with a nose for goal. Mm-hmm. I would say he's not. He doesn't quite have the the breakout speed that Morris has. He's a little bit different. He's more of a find those spaces and just execute. He's he's like an ex, he executes. Mm-hmm. He gets the ball in good places, and he just does the job. Yeah. It's it's not even that flashy often. It's just powerful and swift yeah. kind of thing. He knows what to do. Get it done. Yeah, so Orlando City, man, they have been waiting a long time for something to cheer about. So this is definitely a good tournament for them. Mm-hmm. They're looking pretty solid. Um, you know a guy who – so. Well, a guy whose team would looked terrible, but who I have been impressed with is Miles Robinson. He is the anchor of that back line. So for years, it was him and the guy who's at Miami now, um, South American center back, whose name is slipping my mind. He what? left, rejoined into Miami. Anyways, it'll it'll come up. GPL. No, it's not GPL. Gonzalo Gonzalez Perez. Yes, that's a GPL. Yeah. We got it. GPL. We got there. Leandro Gonzalez Perez. That's what it is. We got, we got there. That's all that matters. So so that was kind of Atlanta's main linchpin in the back line, and Miles Robinson kind of broke out last year. But if you watch him this year, he is the guy back there. He is the marshal. And he's he's still only twenty three, I think. So a, I'm looking for him to to make the overseas jump soon. I think he's I think he's ready. And b, I mean it's tough because we talk, we talked about all these talented center backs. We talked about Chris Richards earlier. I mean that, that's our deepest pool right now. So it's you know, I still think he deserves a call up, and he he'll get one. He's gotten one actually. In fact, they were Atlanta got mad at the U.S. Men's National Team because they got injured last time. Um, so hopefully that doesn't continue. But uh, anyways, I've been impressed. Atlanta did terribly, but I think he's got huge, huge upside. 
Um, another guy who, interesting because he's an outside back, who Kyle Beckerman said is playing at a national team level. I don't know if you heard this, Jake. Aaron Herrera. Uh, I've been surprised with Real Salt Lake. They have, what, four or five homegrown players that are playing really solid? Yeah. Three or four back line were all homegrown. Yeah. Justin Glad among them. Yeah. Yeah, so I watched a little bit of Aaron, Aaron Herrera in the RSL game that I watched, one of the group play games, and he he was flying up and down that line. Um, I, yeah, I did notice his speed, tenacity, his composure on the ball was pretty good. I wish I, I want to watch more of him. I want a bigger sample size in that respect. But, hey, anytime we can get an outside back that can play both sides – We'll take them. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully that continues. Uh, they're out of the tournament now, but they had a good run. Yeah, and then let's talk about Columbus. 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 Caleb Porter did wonders during that round. Yes. I, I'm shocked that they lost. Yeah. But I'm excited to see the rest of the year with them, too. Yes. And then the player that should be a shoe-in in the starting 11, no matter where they're playing on this world. You're going to say it. They're playing in the say mood. It. Zardes. Z- oh. <laughs> Just kidding. Zardes should be in the um, Nagby. Darlington Nagby. Darlington Nagby. Now, like, the whole debate, like, which we'll have is if he does the call-up, is he going to accept it? Is he yeah. going to decline it? But that's for later on with the depth chart. Uh, but Zardes, I think the guy knows how to get in the right position. Yeah. But how's he going to finish? Is he going to get hit in the head, <laughs> hit in the nose, score a goal? That's his preferred way of scoring in the men's national team. Yeah. Get it, getting a ball crossed in where he knows nothing about it, and somehow it bounces off of something. But yes, Yassi Zardes, one of the best strikers in U.S. men's national team history. If oh, he could finish, no. oh no! I if he could finish and have a great first touch, which is getting a little better, to be honest. So I, so the funny thing about Jazz's art is, remember, it, when he was first coming up with the national team, I remember we went to a U.S. against Peru game at RFK Stadium, and he was the star of the show as a winger. Mm-hmm. He was like taking people on. I think he got. I think he got either the goal or the assist or both. One of the one of the two. And I was like, "Wow, this is an awesome winger." But then all of a sudden, he didn't have a first touch and became a striker, and now he's doing good as striker. So I don't personally, I do not get Giazzi Zardes's development. He was great in FIFA. I don't know if you ever did the player game, but when you Alex Hunter, you're playing with him. You play overseas, then you get sent over to the LA Galaxy. Like, you and Zardes becomes best buds, man. That's That was, like, the whole highlight of the whole entire thing. Like, we're just, like, balling up, winning MLS Cup, and then all of a sudden go back over and win the Premier League. It's great. Jake is also our resident FIFA specialist. Yeah. Uh, Quarantine. Won four MLS Cups with DC United. After year one, sold every player besides Bill Hamid and Russell Canals and just had academy players. Won. Became the U.S. Men's National Team head coach, won the World Cup, and now I'm currently coaching Aston Villa that I brought up from promotion from the oh, Champions no, League no, no. to the Premier League, won the Premier League, and now I'm in my season as reigning champions of the Premier League. 
and currently top of my group for Champions League. Is this is this on the easiest mode that there is? No, world class. It's not legendary, but my Wait, whole there's a step above world class. Yes, I believe it's legendary. Hmm. I'm not active with FIFA, but my striker, striker right now, Moisten Keen, Becca, Tim Weah, McKenny, Pulisic, all on the roster. Well, I'm so happy for your quarantine FIFA exploits. Yeah. But when I back play online, to reality. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there goes gravity. Oh. Oh. It appears we have a visitor. Hopefully it's those contacts I ordered. That would suck. Which I still don't have. Anyways. Oh, they are. Oh, oh thank wow. goodness. I was going to be blind wow. for my whole beach trip. If these did not come in time, I am so happy. Yeah. So, All right. Well, GSC started. I think we've discussed as much as we can about GSC started. Let's talk right. about his teammate in Darlington Nagby. Mm -hmm. Uh, if he if he wants to come, give it to him. I mean, it's tough because when you're thinking about a person, there there are there are plenty of people who would kill to play on the men's national team, would give their all for the men's national team, and you've got a guy who's like, eh. I, I mean, like that's it's everybody. hard. I I want him to be on the national team. I want him to, but it's hard when that's the reality. Yeah. But, like, let's go back to the situation in 2014 when you could say the same thing about almost Landon Donovan in that situation. Would you take Landon Donovan, like, in hindsight, going to the World Cup in 2014 to Brazil? I would not have, and there's why. You can't expect in the year before a World Cup mm -hmm. to just do your own thing, take a sabbatical, and expect that, oh, everything's fine, we'll take you to the World Cup stuff. I'm sorry, you have to be working your ass off and playing well for your club to go to World Cup. Mm -hmm. That's that's it. I I know people will disagree with me, but you just you just can't do that. Yeah. So looking at Nagby, he works his ass off for the crew. I would get him a give him a shot. Anytime there's a camp, I would invite him if he wants to come. He's committed and he'll be in. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I I I don't know if those situations are as analogous as you're making them to be. I think I think I think Donovan wanted to be there, but he didn't want to put in the work for his club. Where this is the reverse, he's putting the work in for his club, but he doesn't want to be there. I rate wanting to be there over the club. Well, I guess I'm going back to the I'm regressing to the mean here, but I don't know. I mean, it's it's just it's just an unfortunate situation because we want to see more of Nagby and we just can't for whatever reason. Yeah, and if he accepts the offer, he'll be there. Yeah, if not, certainly. Then he'll know. Certainly. Well, let's, let's hope. Let's yeah. hope. What about the younger players that we didn't get to really talk about? Brendan Aronson. Basically the whole union. Yes. Mark McKenzie. Besides Isinio, who's an old legend that can just burn anybody up right now. Isinio. Yeah. Yes, yes. And, but you know, Bedoya's been their talisman mm -hmm. for a while as well. He's... You know, I mean, maybe he'll get another call up. I mean, he was a solid call up when he was part of the men's national team. I think he might have, he might be surpassed by some people now, uh, but you you can't fault him for anything. Um, but I think I think Mackenzie and Aronson, Aronson especially, Aronson is rumored to get be getting looks by a couple Bundesliga teams, mm -hmm. Celtic, 
Uh, I believe some other teams maybe from from Holland. Yeah. So that's a big story. He is a he's the number ten for a MLS team in the quarterfinals of an MLS spectrum. I mean, that's massive. Like, where where else can you get bigger? That's that's big. Yeah. I, I mean, you said Bundesliga the best league in the world. I mean, Aaronson's doing it the best the best best league in the world, right? Uh, the second best. The second the best. The second best, second best second in North America. Best. Third best is championship, right? No, I won't even say that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we won't digress into that. That's why we're not experts. We we have horrible takes with soccer. So thank you. Although for you're that. on your second beer, so I think your expert level is going up and up and up. Yeah, it might just keep uh, we'll just keep it going. <laughs> Um, Anyways, very about... very impressive. Inside, excited to see where he that that goes. Um, James Sands, NYCFC, mm-hmm. had a stellar performance against Toronto FC. Outshone Michael Bradley in that game as a central defensive mid. Mm-hmm. He's only twenty. He's got upside. He's been playing a little bit of center back for them too. Sometimes shows his versatility. I think it's I think it's great. We'll see where that goes. Um, who else? I mean, so Jordan Morris had a great, had a good tournament. They they got well knocked out by LAFC, who might go ahead and win this yeah. game. Which, like, when you look at LAFC, you have Bob Bradley. The surprising stat I think I saw: they only have one player that's eligible for the U.S. Men's National Team. That was a point I was going to make in this segment. If you look at the teams that are advancing to the quarterfinals. Mm-hmm. Not a whole lot. Philly except Philly, SKC has Busio, at least. Yeah, but if you look at the rest of that team. Uh, what about, I feel like Minnesota has a lot of Americans. Minnesota's got players like Ethan Finley. They've got mm-hmm. Opara. They've got Hassani Dotson. But Opara's actually, not playing. Oh, exactly, Opara's not playing. Hassani Dotson played last game, played pretty well mm-hmm. from what I heard. But that's really kind of it. Mm-hmm. You've got Jackson Yule for San Jose. LAFC's only American player is the right back. Um, what is his name? And the fact that I can't think of his yeah. name tells you the story. Is it Harvey? No, that's the left back that usually plays for him, but he's been on the bench. So, I mean, it's it's a little concerning. I mean, you had you had Akinola, who was a standout. Um, it's, it's just a little concerning that... Well, we'll see how the rest of the MLS season plays out. And, in fact, some mm-hmm. of those some of those teams with more American players. But as more DPs come in from overseas, you know, as more South American talent, does that crowd out young Americans? I mean, in a sense, I think it does, but in a sense, I think it doesn't. In a sense, I think it helps us in that act, it makes the actual cream of the crop rise up. Yeah. It makes the James Sands of the world, the Aronsons the Aronsons of the world, the, um, the, uh, well, the Akinolas, et cetera, et cetera. It makes them rise to the top and be even better than they maybe would be, but mm-hmm. but it causes some others to sit on the bench. Yeah, it's just a reality, I think. And I'm going to be biased since we're in DC, but two players that did stick out to me, especially without the fans, that's what I really liked. And even the commentators like talked mm-hmm. about it. I think like Twelman brought it up, Chap Chapin, um, Moreno. They kept on talking about how Bill controlled his defense and the way mm-hmm. he was just barking instructions. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think you've heard that from a Zach Steffen. You don't. You hear that from a Guzan, but like that's something we need in the back, whether yeah. it's on the bench or on the field. And I think that was quite impressive. And then jumping on the hype train when he's super young. Who you know, am I going to say? Kevin Paredes. Yes. 
Yes. Hey, look, he's only 17, right? Yeah, and also it's a 17-year-old not breaking in for a team that is SKC, but for a team that has Ben Olsen as your head coach and Ben Olsen giving him so much praise coming into the game. Yeah. Trusting him to come in when you're down 2 nothing to come back and help build pressure, cause turnovers to fight back and tie a Toronto team 2-2 was pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. Once for the future. Once for the future. 2026, man. Yes. 2026. So let's dive into uh, the main part, what we were going to do. The, uh, the wait, 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 wait. Before we do debate. that. I'm excited for the debate. I'm, before we do that, NWSL. Yes. So as we said in the beginning, excellently executed. No positive Fantastic. tests. Uh, exciting play again. The mm-hmm. sixth, the fourth seed was in the final. I watched that game. It was essentially Julie Ertz and company against Daly, mm-hmm. the English international, also very impressive player. Uh, really frustrating as a Chicago fan because we were we were dominating, but they just hit us on the counterattack, mm-hmm. and we could not break down the defense. I actually learned that uh, one of the center backs for the Houston Dash. The champions played on the exact same club team that I did. Wow! And she was a—I believe she was a year younger than I, but the exact. So we had the exact same coach. Megan Oyster is her name. Nice, interesting last name, Oyster. But yep. really good player. She ended up going to UCLA. But I was—I I, I was looking at the rosters like, oh, wait a minute, I know her. Anyways, yeah, I mean, they did a. Great all the way through, I think. The only thing I would have said differently was getting it on not like a streaming service, but it's so, I think it's always something hard. Like when you have CBS like supporting it, the all access was a free month trial, pretty well done. Mm-hmm. Video quality was great. And then just going into the final and having over 600,000 people watch a final. It was at the metrics. Mm-hmm. That's excellent. Yeah. It was pretty amazing just seeing like all the momentum that they built. And now it's, if the season does continue, how do you keep that going? And how does that wave of the NWSL, how are you going to keep your U.S. superstars in the United States instead of letting them go overseas? When you see like, that's right. If you look at Lyon, if you look at Man City, like the Premier League, they're back. It seems like the teams that are in the Premier League are starting to back their women's team. And now they're going to be buying players left and right. So, like, what's that going to do for, like, the sport here? Um, but, like, all the excitement with Louisville getting a team, which is awesome. And, mm. like, the whole, like, L.A., like, Angel Angel City FC. That's, that's right. amazing. And that's going to be huge uh, moving forward. Yeah, I mean, it's tough, though, because we're talking about mega-rich clubs mm-hmm. in Europe. If they start investing in their women's teams... I mean, they have all the infrastructure already. They have the stadiums, the training pitches, the support. And so if I'm a up-and-coming American player and I'm looking at an NWSL league that's still kind of getting on its feet versus going to a club like Man City or Lyon, I don't know. That's going to be a tough one. They're really going to have to continue the momentum here in order to compete. I mean... We, we know that women's soccer overseas doesn't quite have the traction that it does here, so that's our one advantage right now. Mm-hmm. 
but that or that's a change. I think they've got a war on their hands, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the continued success of the U.S. U.S. women's national team will help because then they'll be like, oh man, look at these all, all these world class players. Who do they play for? Oh, they play for the Houston Nash. They play for the Chicago Red Stars. Instead and the Washington of oh, Spirit. Oh, I'm sorry, and the Washington Spirit, most importantly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, so great job by the NWSL. Um, Hope, hopefully they'll find a path forward in 2020 as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah Darn but, those red stars. Come on. Yeah, we uh, a lot of positive momentum going after like these tournaments, the success coming back. And I think leagues that are like starting, once they finish up, like we can look at 2021 and get like super excited with everything going on from Gold Cup, qualifiers for the men's, the women's, like, we don't know what's going on with the Sheep yep. Leagues Cup, everything like that, but yep. seems like there's a lot of excitement. We're going to get more sports back, more soccer, and better opportunities just to... More bubbles. More we need more bubbles. Yeah. All bubbles. <laughs> We'd be like West Ham, like, forever blowing bubbles. Forever blowing bubbles for professional sports. Yes. This is what we need. Yes. Oh, all right. Well, I think I think we've waited long enough, Jake. Yeah. I mean, we probably lost half... Probably lost half of the... <laughs> Let's be real. The only people listening right now are probably our parents. Hey. And maybe Michael from soccer. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe... He's going to be a special guest, hopefully. Yeah. I think maybe Staley. our parents will be special Intern guests. Intern Staley's well. probably watching this like 15 times to make sure like this is perfect and oh, just straight through everything. He better. Yeah. And then Drew well, is We probably... need to look for another oh, intern. Yeah. 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 We're... Uh, the special guest list is going to be just celebrity style over here. Yeah. Lexi Lawless, Taylor Twelman. We'll put Drew in a red wig, and that'll be Alexa, Lexi Lawless. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you should do? It's just use sound bites from people. Yeah. So like if we get Fernando Fiore on this show, why is this red? So, celebrity guest, Fernando Fiore, comes yes. on the show. Okay. We want him on the show. What other ones do we want? Steve Trundolo. That's one of the ultimate oh, guys I want on there. Please. Getting Steve Trundolo. I Clint, mean, Clint Dempsey. Deuce, you mean? Would be amazing. Deuce? Yeah. I would just... The famous rapper? Yes. Rapper, Fisher. Fisher and soccer And then player. soccer player. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. He probably scored the second best goal I've seen live. My bad. For, for Fulham, Tottenham, or for the U.S. Men's National Team? U.S. Men's National Team against no. Germany when they did the Centennial game here. Uh, Best goal ever, Nick DeLeon in the playoffs. D.C. United versus Columbus Crew in extra time. It was amazing. Yeah, I remember that one too. Yeah, off the volley. Man, yeah. Talk about a guy that got like destroyed by injuries. but Well, he's playing for Toronto now. He's yeah. actually starting for Toronto. That's like an American thing. Um, but dream guest, definitely Fernando Friori, Steve Trendolo. And then, like, I feel like we need a historian, like, way back in the day. Uh, I mean, for me, it's Timmy Chandler all day, every day. Yes. <laughs> Jermaine Jordan Jones. Klinsman. And Jermaine Jones. That would be great, too. Oh, yes. Actually, Jermaine Jones would probably be the ideal. Yeah. yeah. Well, we didn't only... even talk about the politics about that. The uh, German-American? Well, the naval, what, they're moving 18,000 troops from Germany to the Netherlands. So now that German-American 
heritage is gone. Now we got the... Well, perfect. Now they can grow <laughs> up in the Dutch system, so that's even better. <laughs> yep. I'm all about it. God, who would have thought? All right. Now we'll have, like... We'll have, like... What's a, what's a Dutch first name? Virgil. 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 Virgil, Virgil Johnson. Smith. <laughs> or Smith. And that'll be the next, like, half-American Fabian Johnson guy. Yeah. All right, well, we have prepared depth charts for our respective men's national team wish list teams. And we've done it a little bit a different way. So I have done it in the scenario that we have a World Cup qualifying game tomorrow or next week, and we have to call 30 guys in the camp. Jake's done it with a little bit more of an eye towards 2022. Funny thing is, our rosters are like 90% the same. Mm -hmm. um, so let's go through that. And a lot of the guys we talked about, but this will give us an opportunity to talk about some of the guys we haven't talked about as well, especially a lot of those bubble guys that we're talking about. So why don't you run us down position by position here, Jake? Actually, let's go, let's go position by position, and you go, and then I'll go. Yeah, so like I'll throw. I think there's a few players that I switched between World Cup and World Cup qualifying. So, okay. So do you want to do it World Cup qualifying tomorrow, or or do you want to do it World or 2022? Let's do. I'll do 2022. All right, you'll do 2022. So my forwards for 2022, going very veteran here, and maybe one young person that did well at a youth World Cup. Mm -hmm. um, you got Altidore, Zardes, just get hit in the face and score a goal. Yep. Sargent, and Timothy Weah. Okay. He crushed it when he was there in the World Cup. He could be a winger, he could be a striker. Really exciting with just the tenacity and ball skills he has. Oh, yeah. So they're really excited about that. Wingers. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let, let me go through mine. Or do you want to come back through mine? Let's go back through yours. When we do, when we do World Cup qualifying, yeah, like when we do, right now. Okay. Yeah, all right. So you're saying, in, in, you're saying World Cup 2022. Yes, those are my your, strikers that I'm bringing. Your strikers that you're bringing to camp, or that you're bringing to the tournament. That I'm bringing to the, my roster. 30 man roster goes to the tournament, right? Or no, a 23 man. So you're really only going to have two, maybe three strikers. Yes. So, yeah, this is for the 30-man camp that we talked about. Okay, 30-man camp bef before World Cup. Yes. Okay, all right. Mm -hmm. So, Altidore's artist, Sergeant Away. All right, mm -hmm. move on. For wingers, you have Pulisic, Boyd, Ariola, Morris, and Giorena. Okay. Midfielders, we have McKenzie, Adams. McKenny. McKenny. <laughs> we have McKenny. Mackenzie Gaines, do you mean? The young no. prospect from Germany? No. All right. We have Weston McKinney. Okay. Adams, Rodon, Leggett, Bradley. Uh-huh. Paxton. And Holmes. and Holmes. Okay. Okay. Yule and Holmes. All right. And then for our backs, kind of threw them in together. Dest, Cannon, Yedlin, Anthony Robinson, and... Course, the veteran Tim Ream. Tim Ream can never get away from Tim yeah. Ream. And then center backs Brooks, Long, Richards, Miazga, and 
this was the hardest one and I still don't know why I need if I need to change it or not. If he accepts the call up, I'll take a par on a heartbeat mm -hmm. to come into the camp. If not, Mackenzie. Okay, so they're kind of interchangeable on the bubble. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. Yeah. And then for keepers, Stefan, Hamid, and then for the veteran presence, Brad Guzan. Brad Guzan. So you're saying that Brad Guzan, who will be... 36. I believe he's going to be 36 in two years. I think he's going to be older than that. He is 35, going to turn 36 this year. So he will be 38. Are you sure? He'll be 37. No, look, his, yeah, he'll, his, be 38. he'll be 38. He'll be 38. Yeah, so I'll bring him in. Who else you're, are you going to bring in? So you're thinking, you might be rethinking that 38-year-old Guzan. Who are you going to bring in as a keeper? Well, I'll tell you. So we've, so we've just heard his 30-man camp for World Cup 2022. 2022. All right, okay. So I've done it a little bit differently. I've broken it down by if we had to have a World Cup qualifying game tomorrow or next week. And I've broken it down by the very specific positions that I think Berhalter is going to end up going with. And I think it's going to be along the lines of what we've seen, right? Like it's almost like a 4-1-2-3-1 where you have the one sitting defensive midfielder. You've got an 8, you've got a more up to a 10 the wingers, and then a target forward. That's how I've broken it down because I think that's how Berhalter likes to play, et cetera, et cetera. So, and I've also done it in a way that I have first, strings, first string, second string, and bubble players. So I, 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 this, this may seem completely different, but it actually is pretty much the same than what Jake has broken down. But let me just, let me just break it down for you there. So... Starting forward, starting target forward, Josie Altador, just like Jake had. His backup is Josh Sargent, somewhere of what Jake had, although Jake might put Zardes in front of Sargent, Sargent, or, or Sargent at this point. Uh, so those are, my, those are my top two target forwards. My bubble players are Josh Zardes, Jesus Ferreira, and a little-known guy called Emmanuel Sabi. Manuel Sabi is a highlight reel, a human highlight reel. Hasn't had the best year. He's in the Danish league. He's got nine goals from 31 games, I think, a couple assists. If you ever see his goals, the goals he scores are worldies. Mm -hmm. There's one where he, like, dribbled five people and rocketed into the corner. In the Danish league. In the in – the... you know what, Jake? And you're expecting – He's to... great. And you're expecting this player – to go and win you a game in Super Costa Rica. Sub. Super Sub. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Emmanuel Sabia. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. He will be scoring a goal in the 89th minute in Costa Rica to win 2-1. to one. Hey, lesser known players have done that. In Saprissa. Saprissa Stadium. Well, I don't know about Saprissa Stadium. But sure. Why not? Cool. Sold. Emmanuel Sabi. But no, but but I mean, okay, so we uh, we understand that him, both him and Ferreira are a little bit on the youth side, so we got to, that's pending development. We like Ferreira, we like what he does with the ball. He's got that Firmino-esque quality where he finds the ball, he moves it around, he play makes, et cetera, et cetera. We like that. We know, we talked about Zardes, he's got that finishing ability, he knows where to be. 
Um, so my wingers, so that's, those are my target forwards. That, that's, I think it's an important point because there's a forward and then there's a target forward. My wingers, so while Jake had Wea as a forward, he had a, kind of had him as a forward slash winger. Kind of doesn't know where he wants. So I have I have Wea firmly as a second string winger. And the reason I have him as a second string winger is because the guy needs to get healthy and play some games. Yep. Why don't you talk about your starters first? I will. I just wanted to make the difference between our oh, yeah. our teams. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, way a second string starter. So my starting wingers are yes, Gio Reyna. Why not? How many games has he started? For not a lot. Minute? Not a lot. Hey, I'm just here for excitement. Okay, I just want to get the kid some. I just want him to let him experience a Concacaf tackle. I just uh-huh. want him to get out there. Yeah. If we have to sub him at halftime, that's totally fine. But I want him on the field. So you're going to sub him out when we're playing in Honduras. A hostile environment. Yes. It feels like 110 degrees. You're going to waste the substitute on ha- at halftime to take Gio out. Yeah, you're probably going to take a winger out anyways. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely I am. And we're going to have a five-sub roll by that time anyways. Wink, wink. That's probably true. Hopefully. You didn't even take that into the equation. Yeah, that, that changes a lot, especially with yeah. CONCACAF qualifying. All right, so he's my one winger. Mo- Jordan Morris is my other. Based, you know, he's just he's he's had a good couple of years both with the men's national team and, and club. Easy pick for I think both of us. Ariola is my other backup winner. Well, winger. Well, you can't. He's today. also a winner. What? He couldn't play today. You're right. He couldn't play today. So that would bring in my bubble winger, Tyler Boyd. Who he's you know he's had a decent little season in Turkey. Mm-hmm. We don't get to see much of him because he's in Turkey. <laughs> but, you know, he showed some flashes at the Gold Cup. He kind of fell off. I don't know. He still, Jerry's kind of up on him. He's he's good to have on the bubble for now. But, yeah, Reyna, Morris, Ariola, Wea, and Boyd in, in order of importance for me. Well, Morris would be most important, but Reyna and Morris would be my starters. All right, so attacking mid, number 10, I have Pulisic, which might be controversial because people might say that he's a he should be a winger. Yes. Including Jake. But I, I consider him to be a very, like a wandering 10. He can kind of go wherever he wants. If the wing works, then the wing works. So do you have the wingers like coming in and yeah. just free flow? Exactly. Exactly. Or Morse kind of comes in underneath the target forward and plays the second forward. It, it's very fluid. It's very fluid. Um, but Pulisic would be my number 10 slash a floating winger. Uh, Sebastian Legette would be his backup. He'd be a great second half sub to give you a different perspective. He, Galaxy is not good right now. He's a solid performer for them. One of those situations, kind of like what we talked about earlier. Uh, and then Brendan Aronson, bubble player. I mean... We talked about it. He is the he is the number ten for a quarterfinal MLS team at age nineteen. You don't get better than that. At age nineteen, you don't get better than that. I don't think so. I don't think he's reached the pinnacle of career, of his career, hasn't he? Gonna have to retire. Gonna have to retire. Yeah. Brendan Aronson, exactly. So he's he's my bubble guy. Center mid number eight. So your your box to box guy. I have Weston McKinney, which I think Jake would agree with. Uh, back up to him, Dwayne Holmes, who, if you recall, in that really disappointing game against Jamaica that we went and saw at Audi Field, 
you do you do it took him ladies and gentlemen it was a lot of games together ladies and gentlemen it was that forgettable of a game that he has forgotten it already it was a terrible u.s performance it was actually a pretty great jamaica performance i came i came away from that being kind of a jamaica fan to be honest they were great and that was without leon bailey I, I got I got I got stock in Jamaica right now. That's another conversation for a cockcap episode. Uh, Dwayne Holmes, I thought Dwayne Holmes came in, changed that game for the better. He's got he's played most of the games in the championship for Derby. And also playing with Wayne Rooney. So. And also playing with Wayne Rooney, and who doesn't like that as a DC person? Yeah, Probably absolutely. everybody now because he left. But yeah, that's true. Which is he more of a like a creator? I, he has been so so. What I've seen is that he's kind of like a, if you think about a diamond midfield, mm-hmm. he's kind of like what Bedoya does for Philadelphia. He's like that right sided diamond midfielder, yeah. that kind of starts wide but is not really a winger. Uh, okay. I consider him more of like a box to got box guy. Yeah, he. I, so part of what my upside on him is what he does going forward. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, I assume being in the championship playing midfield, you got to have some defensive capabilities. But, anyways, I, I hope that he, I hope it, it, it was frustrating that he didn't get brought to the Gold Cup, I think, because that was a pregame Gold Cup game that we saw. Mm-hmm. Disappointing. Anyways, he's my backup. Nagby, we talked about Nagby, don't need to rehash that. He's the bubble guy. Central defensive mid, Adams is my first choice, don't need to rehash that. Yule. Also, my backup for him. Uh, my bubble guy is Alfredo Morales. What Alfredo Morales brings is that grit. He He's a regular for a, well, I guess now regulated, re- relegated. Regulated? Also regulated. They do a lot of regulation over there in Germany. <laughs> regulated? <laughs> uh, now relegated team. But he, I mean, he played two years in the Bundesliga as a regular, I think. Mm-hmm. That's... That's no slouch. He doesn't. He's not like. He doesn't even have the right the, the the same capabilities of a Bradley. He's just a true defensive midfielder. He will work his butt off and win tackles. So I think that's a good guy to have in your group. Where was he in the last cycle? Why wasn't he involved? <sighs> Wish I could tell you. Wish I could tell you. Maybe if he would have been involved, we would have gone to the World Cup. Maybe, but we'll never know. I think it was... What, didn't he play in the Mexico game? Which Mexico game? In Columbus. In Columbus? I don't know. He might have. Might have to Google that. He's going to Google that up while I, while I finish this up. I'm taking a very long time. Sponsored by Google, by the way. Sponsored just, by Google. Just kidding. We're not Google sponsored. sponsored by Google. We're not sponsored by anybody. We need money, though. No, but Google is sponsored by Google, so you're using Google, so... Yes, Google is sponsored by Google, by which relation. we're not sponsored by because we're not making money off this podcast and everybody's enjoying yes. this podcast. Yes. It's how great it is. Well, yes. Like Yes, yes, yes. Google is sponsored by Google. Anyways, who, another player who is not sponsored by Google, Michael Bradley. He's on my bubble. I, I personally do not want him on the 2022 World Cup roster. We'll get into that later. But he's on my bubble for now. If we had to pick a team tomorrow... He'd probably be in camp. He'd probably be on the roster, to be honest. But I don't start. want him. I don't know if he'd start. I don't know if he'd start. I don't think. I don't think you can make a case 
that he could start over Yule, to be honest. All right, let's go right back. I had Yedlin as a starter. A lot of people might, might gripe with that. I just do that based off experience, essentially. Um, but Cannon, who was impressive in the Gold Cup, and unfortunately we're not being able to see him play now, he's my backup. I could see that easily switching. And then Timmy Chandler, super sub. Why not? Why not? Come off the goal, score a banger. No, just, Why not? Just stop with Timmy Chandler. All right, all right. So left back. So Dest is right now our best left back option, even though he's got defensive susceptibilities. Whatever. We're going to deal with those. Let's just hope that our center backs can deal with his susceptibilities. He's great going forward. We know his talent. Let's get him in there. I throw the caution in the lane. Throw Dest out there. I throw Robinson. If you throw those well, Robinson there, is, is his backup. Yeah, but if you put Dest on it right and Robinson on left, that's just going to be yeah. an exciting football. Yeah, I agree. So if Robinson ends up continuing his good trajectory, him on the left and Dest on the right could be a future there. Uh, another lesser-known player that I have on here, Shaq Moore, is a regular starter for Segunda B, mid-to-high-table team Tenerife. Mm -hmm. But actually has some some La Liga experience. He played a few games in the La Liga. Twenty two years old, so you know. He, I expect him to make an MLS move at some point. But look, why not? He's he's in. He's playing in Europe. He's playing in Spain. Like, why not bring him in? Another guy that people have kind of forgot about is Eric Lehigh. Eric Lehigh is a captain of a championship side. Who just got relegated. <laughs> exactly. That's the legal one. So, we'll see. I mean, he's look, He's look, the guy's 31 years old. He's been in championship for years and years and years and years. He's a captain of his club. I just think if you want a depth piece, if you want a depth defender with grit, with determination, with experience, bring him in a camp. Mm -hmm. So, those are, my, those are my backs. Those are my outside backs, I should say. My starting center back pair, and I alluded to this earlier, the this, this second person might... Uh, surprise you. My first starter is obviously John Brooks, assuming he's healthy, which, again, mm -hmm. never seemed to happen. I would pair him with Miles Robinson, Jake. Miles Robinson. That's how in impressed must, with I am. In a must-win game to qualify for the World Cup. Absolutely. Say. Absolutely. Why? Miles, I'm telling you, Miles Robinson is marshalling that back line these days. So I think him and Brooks would be a dynamic Duo. Honestly, if you need to win a game tomorrow, I wouldn't put Brooks out there. With somebody he's not I guess it depends where the game is, right? If the game is in Panama, probably not, right? No. I mean, the. Well, let's get to that. Who would. So my backups are Long and Zimmerman. Who would you trade that with? Long? I'll take Brooks out, and then I will put Zimmerman in Aparo. If Aparo, except that okay. Long was in there. Okay, Apara is my on the, is one of my on the bubble guys. So Long and Zimmerman are my backups. So I have Miazga as a bubble guy because he's really not playing that much. No, it's he's kind of a he's kind of an interesting one right now. He's not playing much for a championship side. We don't he's he's twenty five years old now. I think twenty four, twenty five. Mm -hmm. He's kind of at a crossroads. He's got to either pick it up or come back to the MLS or something. I don't know. Because he was, he got, he got oh, minutes for Chelsea. Chelsea. I don't know if he's even on Chelsea's books anymore. Maybe he probably should just go to Germany. 
Yeah. German, just go to the Bundesliga. If you're an American and need help, go to the Bundesliga. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I mean, I hope I hope his career takes an upturn, but right now it's just kind of stalled a little bit. We were, we were really high on him before, but I don't know. Uh, so rounding out the center back group, Cameron Carter-Vickers, who is playing pretty well for a mid to bottomish level, not that good championship team, but. Mm-hmm. Look, the guy's 23. Still on loan. He's still on loan. Upside, I see, with him. Uh, here's a blast from the past. Ventura Alvarado. Mexico. Uh, Mexican League player. Mm-hmm. He's bounced around. Liga MX, I'm sorry. I, I was about to say La Liga, but that's Spanish. Uh, he's bounced around to a couple different clubs, but he does get consistent minutes at center back. And... You know, when Klinsman liked him for some for some reason, I don't. I mean, I think he's a good player, but I didn't think he had the, quite the grit. But he's an experienced player now, and he's not that old, so why not give him another shot? And then lastly, Tim Ream. We we know him. We know what he gives you. Mm-hmm. Better in presence. Like Better in presence, etc. Cetera, et cetera. All right. All right. Going through the last line before we get into our vigorous debate here, which I'll let Jake start. But so Stefan's our number one right now. Based off of sheer talent, I don't like his organization. I don't like his foot skills right now, but I think he's our best talented thing. Ethan Horvath is his backup. He's had a rough go. Well, he hasn't, he hasn't had a rough go, really. He's just had an unfortunate go in Europe. Mm-hmm. I think he's a good keeper. I think it's all about confidence with him. Uh, and then rounding out my bubble are Hamid, Sean Johnson, and Tyler Miller, who has actually been playing very well yeah, late. He's done well in the MLS is getting back up. Today. That's right. That's right. So I think I think as far as your MLS-based keepers, mm-hmm. I think those are your best three right now. All right. So that was a very long-winded depth chart. Now, what do we have to debate? I think it's if you're going for winning a game tomorrow to qualify for the World Cup, how... How can you put somebody that doesn't have a U.S. cap yet? Miles and Robinson? And Reyna. Does Reyna have a cap yet in a competition? I don't think so. Do we have confidence in the guys that have caps Boyd? right now for the U.S. Men's Boyd, National yes. Team? Yes, I'll look 100% serve Boyd over Reyna right now. Boyd scored a couple goals against like a Caribbean team, and then he was he awful played, the next couple games. He played pretty well with the Gold Cup until the final. He didn't play at all in the later stages of the Gold Cup. He fell out of favor in the Gold Cup. Not a good luck. Still, like, what are you looking at this? Why aren't you starting Morris over him? Why am I starting Morris over Boyd? So, like, the formation. Yeah. If you're looking at a must-win game tomorrow. Tomorrow. And we have to qualify. We have to beat a Honduras Mm -hmm. or something like that. Yeah. Striker, Altidore, obviously. Winger... Agree with Morris. Reyna, do not. I put Christian out wide. Okay. So would it, would it be Christian and Morris as your wingers? Yes. So who's your number 10? My number 10 would be Leggett. Okay. Fair. If, if, you're, if he's healthy. If he's healthy. Which he is now. Mm-hmm. Fingers crossed. Okay. Who's your number 8? McKinney. Yes. Adams, number 6? I would put Adams as right back. Ah. I'd still do the hybrid and like when we're in the attack, Adams comes to the middle and helps out and is okay. able to distribute the ball. So who's your number six, Bradley? Yeah, if it's a must-win game tomorrow, yes, Michael Bradley. Oof. 
McKinney and Bradley in there in the middle. Center backs. I'll go Brooks and Long. Brooks and Long. Together. Okay. Well, Long's just been horrible. Yeah, he... I mean, he had a meteoric rise. He did pretty... Like, but he's kind of leveled off. Yeah. Like, just... Uh, I don't know if it was a layoff or whatever, but MLS is back. He did not look that good. Yeah, I mean, the Red Bulls are not quite as talented as they were. Yeah. So they're, they're going through a bit of a transition, but... Mm-hmm. Left back, keep Dest in there. Dest, okay. Yedlin and Cannon. Like, that's... I think that's a toss-up for me. I really like Cannon. Really high on him and his... Well, M&M. it's tough because we haven't seen him. Yeah, but he's also a huge fan of Eminem, so like that bumps him up there. Oh, for me. then he's got to be up there. Mm-hmm. There's, no, there's no vomit on his sweater. <laughs> but there is some mom spaghetti. Well, yeah, I mean, that's what he eats before the games. What if he actually did that? <laughs> Can you imagine that? Just <laughs> That'd be brilliant. Mom spaghetti That'd be brilliant. That would be ridiculous. Um, so okay, Brooks, so yeah. who's, who's, okay, so you so you say Brooks, Long, Dest, and Adams. I would take Long out and put Opara on there. Okay, if you had to win tomorrow? Yep. Even though he's, I mean, well, okay. When we say how to win him, we're, we're assuming everybody's healthy. Yeah, assuming everybody's, well, if everybody's healthy, Ariola goes in there instead of right now. For me. Oh, wait, 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 wait. But you said Pulisic was your other winger. I'll keep him in the middle. You would, because like that, Ar- you say if Ariella was healthy, healthy, I would put him on the wing and keep Pulisic in the middle because that way. So let Jet would be on the bench. Yes. Okay. Because like what you can do with those three is they're free flowing, interacting, yeah. and just like working off each other. Yeah. And all they need to do is worry about attacking, because your midfield would be McKenny and Bradley who could just destroy everything in the middle when it comes in. Yeah. I mean, I think our disagreements are small. They're what, major. Listen, they, they are... Okay, maybe the Bradley one is major. I just want to phase out Bradley completely, but that's a little bit of a hard line. Mm-hmm. So the, the lineup that I talked about where it's... This is, a, this is an attacking lineup. This is like conditions are great. We're playing at home. Mm-hmm. We just want to go after it, right? Because I want to see... So we're, we're not in Trinidad, and we don't need to just get a draw to... That's right, yeah. So let me run you down. So let me run you down my two scenarios. Okay. Right, so home. we're at home. We're going for it. Conditions are good. We're playing against Canada. We're playing against Canada, fine. I mean, I want I want to see Altidore, Reyna, Morris, Pulisic just interchange and mm-hmm. go. I want to see... McKenny and Adams just shut down everything in the midfield. I want to see Yedlin regain some form and fly up that wing. I want to see Dest playmake from the left-back position. I want to see Miles and Brooks hold it down and use their insane... Think about the athleticism on that back line. Mm-hmm. I just want to see them. And I want to see Stefan like, work on his parts of his game where he's not... I, that's, that's, what I'm, that's, that's my best-case scenario. So, so I would say if we are going to the Panama, if we are going to Honduras, I would even maybe start Zardes, just because I know I'm going to get the defensive work rate from him over essentially anybody else we've got. And then I would go Ariola and Morris, because we know how hard Ariola works. Mm-hmm. And then 
probably go with Legette over Pulisic. Actually, no, I'm just uh, kidding. You yeah. have to have Pulisic no matter what. Mm-hmm. But Legette would probably replace him at some point. Just 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 to just to protect him. Yeah. Like solely to protect him. Um You know, this might be a game where Morales I mean, I just but like if Nagby accepts a call up, I don't see how he is not starting. That's true. That's true. I mean, I that I yeah. I mean, I would be fine with McKinney Holmes or Nag. Well, maybe maybe McKinney or Nagby as a number eight mm-hmm. if we're away. That's fine. I'd be fine with. I mean, the central defense mid is hard because. I think I think that is going to be a defining position for us going forward because, a is Adams going to play if he's not going to play there, mm-hmm. do we do we get Yule in there as soon as possible and keep him in there? Do we ride out Bradley until after the twenty twenty two World Cup, or do we mix and match with like a Yule or a Morales and I don't know somebody else, think- or or experiment with double eights where we go McKinney and Abby. The, the biggest, center of the midfield is very interesting. The biggest battle in camp is always going to be between like that defensive, like holding midfielder. Is it going to be Yule? Is it going to be Bradley? Is it going to be Adams? Because yeah, Adams, I agree. Adams is more flexible, where you can go like he can be out right back. Like yeah, I would put him like a shoe in right back right now. Like yeah. Adams can play there. He can play anywhere on the field in yeah. my mind. Like him and McKenney. Like McKenny can play freaking striker if he wants to for the U.S. national team. Yeah, I mean he's played right back and center back for Schalke. I think he's played, every, but then he scores. He's so. played like every position besides goalkeeper for Schalke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so I just at the end of the day, I want a midfield that is so difficult to play against. Yeah. And when you think about it, I mean, would you want to go into a midfield that has Adams, Morales, and McKenny in it, or or? Holmes, Nagby, and, and Adams, or something—any of those combinations—I just want to see. I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily care as much. I mean, I care a little bit about Bradley because I want us to prove that we can live without him. But if we're talking between McKenny, Holmes, Nagby, Adams, Yule, and Morales, I just want to see them. I just want to see us find a right combination between those players. Yep. Because I that's because I, I just think that's our strongest depth right now. So central midfield is our strongest depth. No, I, center back is our strongest depth. I mean, if you put Opara in the equation, yes, I think he's the best center back that we have. Quite a statement over your boy Chris Richards. Yes, hundred percent right now. Wow. Sorry, sorry, Chris, when you're listening to this podcast, because you know, like. We're world famous and everything, but wow, wow, wow! I mean, I've always been a, a proponent that we should go a three center back, just a three five two, because we have the personnel for it. Because what that does is it maximizes our center back depth. We have wingers who can fly up and down, and who can be skillful up and down like Dest and Robinson and Yedlin and Cannon. And, it, and then it allows us to have a double pivot, which is a strength of ours. I mean, I, I don't... It, it, the thing about a three-five-two, it takes a certain kind of coach. And Berhal, it's just not Berhalter's system. Yeah. So I don't think we're ever going to see it. In fact, we saw it 
against Jamaica, and it failed miserably. Yeah, it was horrible. <laughs> and I, I don't trust. I don't think Stefan can control the defense that well. Yeah, and like make sure people are positioned and everything like that. I think that's gonna he'll develop that with Man City, but. I just feel like the best formation we have right now is a 4-3-3 and just load up in the midfield with Adams when we're going forward. I agree. All right, last topic before we end this podcast. Are we riding out the door until he is 35 years old? He's going to get hurt, like, for the tournament. It doesn't matter. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, just kidding. But, like, you know, seriously. Uh, are we going to ride a healthy out the door? I mean, out the door is only 30, right? Yeah, oh, he's, he's 30. He's yeah. 30. So he'll be 32 by the World Cup. Right. Which, like, I I don't see... If there's a better striker than him, yes. Yeah, I think... I think So this is why I wanted to end with this, because, mm-hmm. you know, we're waiting and waiting for Sargent to come around. We might have to wait, who knows, another four years before he's dominant. Yeah. If he ever gets there. Mm-hmm. And well, then after that, what were you saying last World Cup cycle? Who? When are we going to get rid of Dempsey? And yeah. he was one of our key players. Well, Christian Pulisic. Yeah, that's player out there. But you rely on people like Dempsey. You rely on Michael Bradley. Like you're going to have to rely on these players to qualify and get through, like with a veteran presence. And I, agree. I think Altidore, like just that 2010 World Cup, that experience he had, the way he has played the ways he's gone through tournaments. I think anybody from like, that'll be another topic that we'll talk about the golden generation <laughs> from 2002 to 2012. Yes. It's still a golden generation. Yes. Altidore and Bradley were part of it. And I would say a ride until they die. And whenever they want to turn away the U S national team. That's fair. That's fair. I don't think our options give us any other, any other path? No. Well, that has been the very first episode of the Boot It podcast. Sponsored by nobody. Heard by probably like 50 or 60 people. At least. Yeah. Hopefully they're enjoying the music that's uh, rocking this up right now. Yeah. There's music after we get Deuce! <laughs> well, well, thank you for tuning in. Appreciate it. And... Thank you for those that have supported us over the last two to three years. Now we know whose side you're on. Another inside joke. Ha, ha, ha.